If you love the blue and white like we do, and you like to stay up to date on what's going on around Ripley High School athletics, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and turn on your notifications. Another episode packed with Viking sports content this week, Rube. We get started with two Viking golfers, Davis Haynes and Andrew Manley, who are hitting the links next week competing in the state tournament. We also hear from the sophomore Viking signal caller, Ty Stevens, and senior captain and outside hitter for the spiking Lady Vikes, Matty Fields. And Rube, what do you have for us this week? I had an opportunity to get caught up with Viking golfing great uh, Tyler Franklin, Ripley Middle School football coach Dwayne Merritt sits down and talks about a big game they have coming up. And Viking Football Hall of Fame inductee Randy Hudson. Viking golfers with different styles both find their way to the state golf tournament next week in Wheeling. Davis Haynes and Andrew Manley sit down with Brian Johnson. All right, welcome back inside Viking 360. Joined now by... Uh, two Viking golfers that have just uh, qualified for the state tournament, Andrew Manley and Davis Haynes. Guys, thanks for being with me. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having us, Brian. Andrew, let me start with you, buddy. Um, what uh, You qualified, what, Monday out at Green Hills uh, Country Club? That's uh, was the qualifying place where the uh, regionals were. Is that correct? Yeah. How did you do, man? Tell us how your round went. Um, I shot 77. I had I had a good round. It was a it was a daily grind all day long. I mean, some shots went my way, others didn't. But I mean, at the end of the day, I did what I needed to do, and I qualified for state. So I mean, I'm happy with how how it turned out. I know. Last time we talked, you uh, uh, leaned on your short game a lot. Was that big for you uh, the other day? Yeah, that's what that was huge for me. Now, Davis, uh, you're a you're a bomber, man. You're a guy who can put it out there off the tee. Tell us about your round. I know, uh, I know, you had a really good round and it really uh, came really close to being a medalist. I believe is that right? Yeah, I shot uh, seventy six yesterday. Seventy five was low, but both seventy fives were on teams. I shot seventy six. It it probably could have been a little better. I was sitting on eighteen tee box two over and took a double on the last hole, but I hit the ball pretty well except one or two times. I I think only missed three fairways the whole day, which for me is pretty good. Um, I hit a lot of greens too. My iron game was really well. I just, I didn't have the, the start stellar wedge game that I'd like to be having. Hopefully, I can get that figured out by you were on the state tee- tournament. You were on the practice tee last Friday. I was out there, and you were grinding pretty hard on that with that driver. Uh, yeah. Seems like that must have paid off for you. Yeah, I got it really dialed in. I, it's, I'm kind of on the fine line of don't hit too hard, but don't swing easy. And I, I found, I found the groove. I found the shot. I got to play. I, I got to just play the cut. I got to embrace it. I can't try to hit the draw because when I try to hit the draw, it goes crooked on me. So we didn't make it as a team, but you two made it individually. Uh, Andrew, what what's the uh, format? Is it going to be stroke play? Is it match play? Uh, what exactly uh, are you guys faced with next week? Uh, next week, uh, we're faced with uh, stroke play. We'll be uh, teamed up. We'll be uh, together with uh, other players from other teams, and we'll be doing stroke play uh, as individuals. And uh, I think we should be we should we shouldn't be together. We won't be together at states, but 
will be separated, but just individuals together will be that against the other individual scores. Davis, tell me uh, where it is and when it is next week. Uh, next week we play Tuesday and Wednesday. Round one's when Tuesday. Round two's Wednesday. We have practice around Monday. And it's at Ogilvy Resort Wheeling playing the Jones course, which is the tougher of the courses up there. You guys going to lean on each other at all uh, post-round and before the tournament gets started to, uh, I don't know, ease the, the anxiety a little bit or, or maybe kind of be supportive for each other? Yeah, I mean, we'll both be up there. We'll all be in the same room hanging out and cracking jokes and stuff, which would be fun and take some of the <laughs> tension off. Guys, uh, proud of you, man. It's a great playing this year, and congratulations on qualifying. And uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you next week after you guys had uh, a really good week and hopefully finish really high in the standings. All right, thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. Andrew Thank Davis, th- thanks, guys. Ripley High is set to induct five new inductees into the Viking Football Hall of Fame this season. The list includes Matt Parsons, Charles Chancey, David Heiss, Ronnie Steele, and this lineman from the 1974 class. Under normal circumstances, we would be uh, welcoming Randy Hudson to the football game on Friday night, and we w- he would be inducted in the Viking Football Hall of Fame, but nothing is going per usual on the this year of 2020. So we have Randy on the telephone now. Randy, thanks for talking with us. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. Appreciate it. Well, uh, let's talk about uh, you come from a very athletic family. Uh, your your brother John, your brother Rod, and now yourself a member of the Hall of Fame. Boy, I bet you had some uh, interesting uh, sporting events there at the home on Valley Drive. Oh, yeah. We, we uh, probably had some of the best sunlight uh football and, and baseball games that uh, were played in, in Ripley, that's for sure. There were a lot of good athletes up and down through there. I mean, we had the, we had the Howries and Rick Rice and, and uh, uh, several others that, uh, that lived there on what we call the town, the Long Valley, and, and we all congregated and Tried to get a game going just uh, about any time we could. I think there are houses in the Nashville that we played on. And, and Randy, you, you played at um, at Ripley High in the in the early seventies, and this was, as we were talking about it, this was a period of transition because not only did you have some instability in terms of the the head football coaches, but also uh, Ripley was going through the transition from being a large Double uh, A school in the late sixties to being a small Triple A school in the nineteen seventies. So we were saying we had some outstanding athletes, but we not did not necessarily have some outstanding teams. Exactly. I mean, you know, at the time, you didn't give a lot of thought, but looking back on it, you know, it's kind of frustrating because you're like, back on, you know, I look at all the good athletes we had, and, and back on it, you know, we practiced hard and played hard, and and every game we went into, it was like, you know, we went into it to win, and, you know, most of the guys were like me, you know, practiced hard, and, uh, which made the game seem easier, but back on it, it was hard to get those W's, and, and it just seemed like lacking some stability at the time, and, and the coaching staffs uh, was the key. And it makes you wonder just, you know, 
if we could have had that stability, just how good we could have been, because the athleticism was definitely not lacking. I mean, I, I can name several people that uh, were just phenomenal athletes, and it's just a shame that we, we couldn't carry a, a better record with us. But, but there was a big difference when, when we changed schedules down from you know, playing the Bahamas and the St. Mary's and the Calhoun counties to the, to the big school, Cedar Tall Valley. Uh, it, it sure made a difference, but we still, you know, we went into them thinking we could win, and that's, that's what it was all about. And Randy, you graduated in uh, 74, so you played with the the football season of 73, but two other members right. of your class have already been inducted. Uh, Bobby Casto okay. is a member of our Hall of Fame who went on to be a kicker up, up at Glenville, and, and Steve yeah. Sayre, who's yeah, currently yeah. The, the head coach of the Vikings. Yes, sir, man. I'm so proud of him. He's uh, a warm, awesome dude. Just a great teammate and great friend. I wish I would have been able to spend more time up there to be around him and you know, just uh, falling through his successes. I'm just so happy for him right now. Uh, unbelievable. And Randy, after your high school career, you went on and played some up at uh, Glenville State. Tell us about that. I did. Uh, I went up to Global State as, uh, with Bobby Castro and another teammate, uh, Roger Young. Uh, we, went, we went there and uh, were on the football team. I was a young 17-year-old, which, by the way, uh, I look back, there was a lot, of, a lot of people in our class of 74 that were really playing the year ahead of ourselves for you know, a bunch of us that started the school at five years old. And... Uh, and that was another disadvantage. Uh, you know, I went into my senior year, played my whole senior year, literally 16 years old. Played uh, at level of 17. Uh, my sophomore year, 18. I started that year with defensive tackle. You know, and I'm, uh, I, I didn't even think about it, but I'm out there playing with guys that, uh, you know, were, you know, 22. You know, I'm 18. I'm a sophomore. Uh, I remember one specifically I played against, played a Salem, that played for the Pittsburgh Steelers running back Jack Delapine. We played in the backfield uh, with uh, Franco Harris and and uh, was basically Rocky Wires back up. But, uh, you know, we had some good hard-nosed football players, uh, and I was one of the young ones, and, and then I, I thought, well, I got a little opportunity to uh, get down to Marshall because Marcus McFell went down there as a, as a graduate assistant. And so, you know, he kind of said, hey, come on down and uh, maybe I'll get you in, in the program there. And, and I did, but after one semester, I, I decided just to, you know, I, I want to do something different with my life and uh, I'll go in the Air Force. And Randy, how many years did you spend in the military? Total, if you put everything total together with my active duty, uh, inactive reserve, I spent time, in, uh, full time with the South Carolina Air National Guard, uh, a little over 33 years, uh, in uniform 28, retired as a senior master sergeant. Very good. And, yeah. and after the, after, uh, your, 
career, you went on and and, and did some officiating. Uh, as uh, a people around that lived around Ripley all these years, they they knew Rod as being a, an official in several sports, and and you did the same thing in South Carolina. I did. Uh, I've been here for a while, and then I got some stability in my military career to where you know, I wasn't moving around. Um, I switched to uh, full time uh, with a, with the South Carolina Air National Guard, although I deployed quite a bit with them. I uh, I got an opportunity to, to with stability in my life there to do some officiating for so for about the last twenty some years I've been doing football basketball and then when I retired uh, I started umpiring baseball as well and uh, but this year in football I elected to uh, sit out because I'm just I'm not going to wear a mask I'm throwing football from the and for my last umpiring gig was March the 14th during, during the COVID era. I, was, I did a double header high school baseball game and I haven't done anything since. I didn't do anything over the summer. But I may get back into it again. I'm, I'm not sure she's been out. I'm going to be 64 in November. And uh, I may just give it up to the young guys. Well, Randy, uh, I thank you for spending time with us and uh, congratulations on your induction in the Viking Football Hall of Fame. Uh, as, as you may know, you were inducted by your peers, um, people who have been around the, the Ripley fo football program, and they wanted you to, to join that, uh, that illustrious group. Well, I'm honored uh, to be a member of such a fine Hall of Fame, and just, you know, I think back to all the great athletes that went through Ripley and the ones that I always looked up to, and, and, and the ones since then, and, you know, it's just uh, an amazing uh, opportunity to have, and I, and I think, I think the, the ones who uh, had the confidence in me and voted for me, it's nice to be remembered. Viking sophomore Ty Stevens has a conversation with Brian Johnson about his first three games as a Vikings starting quarterback. Here's Ty Stevens. All right, welcome back inside Viking 360. Joined now by starting quarterback of the football team, Ty Stevens. Ty, thanks for being with me. Thanks, Brian. Ty, uh, three games in, man, uh, starting quarterback as a sophomore. Uh, what kind of grade would you give yourself to this point? I'd say probably a B, if anything. I mean, I could wish I could get a couple throws back, but, I mean, it is what it is. What's it been like for you out there? Uh, you, you've looked like a, a seasoned veteran so far through the first uh, couple of games, and especially in your last game, through the ball 27 times. It had to be exciting. Yeah, it really was. And I'm a, I mean, like I said, wish I could get a couple of them back, but I mean, we just got to catch some of them too. You understand that that uh, you know it's a learning process. You're only going to get better and better, and the more the more experience you get, how much more comfortable are you going into this week as opposed to uh, game one? I mean, every week I just get more comfortable every time. It just means more that just more prepare and practice and everything. You got some. You got some playmakers. Yeah. Uh, you got some playmakers on the outside. Uh, you got a, a great stable of running backs behind you. You got a really good offensive line. So yeah, you've got some talent around you. Yeah, with our running backs, with Hall, Joey, and Roush, it's going to be hard to tackle them. And then with our outside guys, with Isaiah. With the fall of Wyatt, we got some more people that could step up and take his place. 
tell me about your connection with Isaiah. You, you and he seem to have a, have a uh, thing going, man, like you've uh, done this for a long time. Yeah. I mean, over the summer, we normally just hung out, went run through routes and stuff like that. And, I mean, we just always have that connection. And with Ramsey, too, we've been doing that since we was five. Marietta coming to town. What do we got to do, man, uh, get back on the winning track? Uh, we just got to have focus during the practice and then just be mentally prepared like because we, we wasn't last week. That's all it is. All right, Ty, thanks for the time. Best of luck this week. All right, thank you. A big game is shaping up this week on the middle school level. A graduate of Ripley High is now the third-year head coach of the Ripley Middle School football program. Here's Dwayne Merritt with Mike Rubin. We're talking with Ripley Middle School head football coach Dwayne Merritt. And Dwayne, for those who uh, may not be familiar, may not have been in the Ripley area for a while, tell us a little bit about your football background, including uh, Ripley and uh, down at Marshall University. Yes, sir. Um, graduate of 1982, played for uh, Coach Marino. Uh, staff at that time was Mike Dean, uh, Big Jim Frazier, as they say, uh, Dallas Wallen, uh, and uh, lots of good times. Uh, and the, uh, Then I went on to uh, play a year at Western Union Tech and then went on to Marshall and was a student assistant down there. Uh, and Coach Chomp allowed me great opportunities to listen and learn and sit in on any meeting that graduate assistants were allowed to sit in on. I was permitted to, to sit uh, and learn. So it was a great opportunity. And as a Marshall fan, I can say that I think George Chomp is one of the greatest offensive minds in, in college football. So you have the, the uh, staff assembled there at Ripley Middle. Tell us about the personnel that you have. Uh, Scotty Allum, Coach Allum, is uh, uh, with us, and he's been there actually longer than I have. I believe this is his seventh or eighth year. Coach Allum is in charge of uh, our defense, and uh, he helps with uh, running backs, wide receivers in terms of in grouping. And then Coach uh, Zach Milhone, Zach is, uh, helps with the running backs and defensive backs and also linebackers. And then Coach Ben Hirschman is his Coach Hirschman's first year with us, and he is uh, helping with the line on offense and defensive lines. Uh, a little side note, um, you'll see that uh, uh, Zach Milhone, Coach Milhone, and Coach Allum were teammates on the 09 playoff team here at uh, Ripley High School. And Coach, um, off to a pretty good start, uh, had a relatively easy game in the opener against uh, Van Devender from up in Wood County, and then coming off a tough win, an overtime win. Uh, against Point Pleasant. Uh, how has the season been going uh, so far? It's been going well. You know, there's always adjustments during this type of season and with the COVID and, and adjusting schedules and routines, but we've been uh, very fortunate to have two games so far. And, you know, like you said, we, we had a, a good win and got everybody in the game against Van Devener. Last week, we actually played a JV game first uh, against Point Pleasant and then played the varsity. And we went into double overtime against uh, the varsity, winning eight to nothing in double overtime. Hard fought game. Both teams playing very well. And you have a, uh, a game coming up this week. Uh, tell us about that. We play Spencer Middle School over at Spencer on the old uh, field there. For those of you who remember going there years ago, uh, it's got a little of a coliseum feel to it almost with those uh, concrete bleachers and, and such. And uh, we play them at 6 p.m. this Thursday. Uh, and they're 3-0, and and they've outscored their opponents 148 to nothing so far. So you might have your hands full on 
uh, on Thursday there. But tell us about uh, how I know you have the the only feeder program for the Fridley Ripley High Vikings. So what do we have to expect uh, from the classes coming up in the Ripley program? Yeah, that's the main thing of what we're trying to do over there. We want to win every game. We're competitors, and and that's the goal to go out and have more points on the scoreboard at the end of the game. And yet, uh, we also have to recognize that we are trying to develop the players in a program for the Ripley Viking uh, teams in the future. Um, we have uh, some talented players this year who are working hard together. We have some new kids on the team that's never played before, which if you're listening out there, uh, it's never too late for them to come out and give it a try. Uh, we, we are trying to teach the fundamentals of the game every day in practice so that our kids can play with more confidence, more safety, and, uh, and play faster. Very good. We've been talking with Dwayne Merritt, the head football coach at Ripley Middle School. And coach, good luck this week. Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate that. He is one of the top golfers to have worn the blue and white. Mike Rubin had an opportunity to catch up with Tyler Franklin. He's one of the top golfers in the history of the program at Ripley High School. We're pleased to have Tyler Franklin talking with us today. Tyler, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Tyler, let's go back to your high school days, and we had quite the golf program going on back in the, the late uh, 90s and the early 2000s. Tell us about the, what it was like to play golf at Ripley High during those years. Well, I mean, as far as playing for Ripley High School, it was great. Um, the golf course that we were able to play, Green Hills, you know, it's still a secret how good that golf course is, the tradition way to keep the greens. So just the ability to play there was, you know, spectacular. And then playing for Ripley, it was great. We were uh, successful enough uh, four years there from 2000 to 2003. We uh, were able to win our regional tournaments and go into the state tournament. So that, that was great. Do you have a particular tournament that uh, stands out in your memory? What is the... Uh, the, the one thing that you recall uh, best about your high school days? I would say it would definitely be my, it was my senior year at regionals. I was one of the medalists. Um, I think uh, I, I was 75 when I shot. It was low for the, for the day. Um, that was probably what stands out the most. Or outside of high school, that was my high school years. was one of the top white juniors were when I was a senior. Uh, which is a, you know, the, there's 18 golf courses, 18 tournaments. You can pick 10 to play in, and they do a point standing. So I was, had to win at the Green Bar, the Tour Championship, which was the additional tournament to the 18. If you finish the top 24 points throughout the year, there's a Tour Championship, and I had to win to be player of the year. That was probably the biggest highlight of my, uh, of my youth as far as golf here. And then, Tyler, um, after high school, you went on to play golf at Fairmont State University and had some good experiences um, on the college level as well. Uh, tell us about those. Yeah, so I was fortunate enough to get a program that was rebuilding when I got there in 2003. Um, at that time, C.J. Pagliaro was one who recruited me. He was a Fairmont native as well. He stepped down, and we got a new coach that came in, was Reed Amos. He was the voice of the fighting crowd at Fairmont State. And uh, he was able to build a team that 
actually led us to to uh, the regional three regional finals. Uh, my sophomore, junior, and senior year, and uh, my sophomore and senior year uh, was first team all conference. Uh, my junior year, I was second team all conference, and then uh, in those back to those regionals, the Last regionals my senior year where we had to to go to the national championship. We ended up winning, came down to the last three holes of the team, count four scores. Uh, there was about a six-shot swing in the last three holes versus the win, which was crazy. Um, I think we played a three-hundred bar. They got us to the national championship. And uh, after the national championship, I was first team all day. Um, it was a national honorary thing. Um, that was probably my biggest highlight in college, getting my best championship. We're talking with Tyler Franklin, an outstanding golfer at Ripley High and beyond. And speaking of beyond, uh, your golf career did not stop uh, after college. You went on and not only played some of the top courses uh, around the state of West Virginia and beyond, but you also uh, worked at some of the best courses around the state. Yeah, yeah, so I was fortunate enough when I left Vermont State, I, I got the seasonal assistant job at the Bag Golf Club, which is the fourth best golf course built in the modern era, which means after 1975. Um, I was an assistant there, seasonal assistant for six months. And then um, in 2000, and I started in 07, and in 08, um, I was the seasonal assistant P Bag again. But in the winter, I was able, I had the ability to go to one of the top uh, teaching golf professionals in South Florida, like Well Ridge Country Club, Boyd Beach. It's on the um, West Coast, right the, probably right in the middle of uh, West West Palm and Fort Lauderdale, right there just off the coast. And um, was there for six months. In the winter months, I came back to Pete as a full-time assistant. I moved up and was there until 2010. And Barry Evans, the uh, PGA uh, golf professional, that was the only golf professional in the Tri-State to ever win the national PGA tournament for golf club pros. That was in 2002 at Had the opportunity to work for him. Was moved down there in March 2010 and worked for him for five years as a teaching professional. And um, got to play in the Tri-State section. Uh, during that time, I was a Class A member. I was able to work during that time from 07 to 2014. Well, I got it in 2010. I was a PGA from 07 to 14. But 2010, I passed all my footwork to become a Class A golf professional. And that got me in a bunch of the tri-state tournaments. And when I got in in 2014, August 2014, I got to put my first section to be a Calvary Classic, and that was in Wheeling, I was able to actually push my whole time program, which was 63. And I started off with a bogey and had a three putt ball on the uh, third hole. It's a crazy round. Something I'll never forget. That was probably the best uh, that I was able to play during my tri-state uh, years. Tyler, for, for the people who may not be familiar with the profession uh, of being a, a golf pro, tell us a little bit uh, about the responsibilities, what goes in, in conjunction with that job? Okay, so to become a PGA professional, you can either go to college and do it for four years, or you can 
do a, if you have a, a two-year degree or four-year degree, that counts as hours towards this program, which is PGM, which stands for Professional Golf Management, and it teaches how to manage all parts of the golf industry, whether it's the CFO, the golf club, a, a general manager, head pro. There's all these different categories in the PGA, and it's professional golf management. I think there's 24 different class codes. It's like anything else. Once you get through the three levels of test taking, busy, book work, uh, you know, you, there's different classifications. I chose to go to B8, B as employee-8, which is versus consistent under a head golf professional. And a head golf professional is A, a is an apple-8. So my all-time goal was to do that, was to be a head golf professional or director of golf at a golf course. And, um, yeah, so that, that's what I wanted to do. It didn't turn out that way. Uh, I had four kids, got in the insurance business, but you know, my heart's always been with the golf business for sure. That's that's my love and passion. You know, was helping for the game of golf. But during that time, as a golf professional, you had to do like continuing educations, like kind of like I do now with insurance. You know, you got to go. And they have these different seminars you go to. Meet so many points a year to keep those credentials, DJ credentials. I actually let it go in 2014 um, when I got the insurance business with the deal that I could go back one time. I pay my PGA dues almost within a 10 year period to get my PGA, PGM level uh, Class A card back, which is definitely what I see in the future once I get this insurance business right, where I don't have to deal with a day to day operation. Great. And and Tyler, you touched upon this just a minute ago, but uh, just bring us up to date on on where you are professionally, what you're doing, and tell us about your family. Okay. Well, I'm happily married. My wife Shane, we've been together since uh, July of two thousand three. Uh, we got married in September two thousand and ten or not. Excuse me. And uh I have four children, Madeline, she's uh, just turned 10, Chandler, she's five, Allie, she's four, and I got a son, Donovan, that is uh, 19 months old, so yeah, I got my hands full there, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so anyhow, and what I'm doing is I have my insurance company, I was a state form agent for uh, three years, I left uh, there with American National, I just felt like it was a better opportunity for me. Tyler, I understand you're residing in the Morgantown area at this time? Yes, yes. Okay. 
Yes, uh, I had to office in Bridgeport. I closed that up here last month. Now I'm doing it. It's Morgantown. I live in the Morgantown area. My kids attend Bridgedale uh, School there. My obligation to road accent. So, yeah, we, we really like the Morgantown area. Tyler, it's been great catching up with you. Thank you, thank you for spending some time with us. I appreciate it, Mike. Thank you. She's a senior team captain and an outside hitter. Maddie Fields is among the leaders for the Spike and Vikes. All right, welcome back inside Viking 360. Joined now by senior volleyball player Maddie Fields. Maddie, thanks for being with me. Thanks for having me. Maddie got uh, two big games this week, Lady Vike uh, volleyball team. Tell me uh, where you guys are at as a team and uh, what you have coming up this week. So Wednesday, we have a home game against Sherman, and hopefully we can come together and get a win on that. And Thursday, we travel to Point Pleasant, and we're going to hopefully get another win against them. So you guys are, what, about halfway through the season, right? Yes. So you still have a lot of season left to play. What uh, what kind of goals do you guys have in front of you right now? Well, as of right now, I'm hoping we can come together more as a team, um, work on a couple things. But as of right now, I like how we're coming together. And, uh, you know, I think we can work on more things. But I think that if we strive and put our heads together, that we can make a really good team out of ourselves. We'll talk about that because you're a leader. You were voted captain on this team, a senior. What does that mean to you to be a senior uh, and the team captain and, and uh, really someone who's looked at uh, as in a leadership position? I look at it as an honor. I, I like to be a good role model. I like to help people work on things that they need to have work on. And I like to be a, a good person to come to if they even if they even need to talk to about something other than volleyball. I just like being there for the girls. How difficult has 2020 been? I mean, that's the obvious question. I think everybody has been through struggles uh, uh, throughout this year, dealing with all the uh, things that have been going on in our world. But for you to not really have a whole lot of preparation and not really know whether you're going to play from game to game, how difficult has that been on you just mentally? It's been rough. Um, there's been times when I think that it's not going to work out or I'm not going to have a game the next day. But at the end of the day, you just have to – hope that and pray that the next day is coming and you have and you just be prepared you just have to be prepared as you can possibly be how much has it made you uh just enjoy every moment of the process even the practices maybe that you don't feel like going to uh you know that uh, you know hey i need to enjoy every moment of this because it can be taken away in a blink of an eye exactly you never know when your last practice or game it's going to be so you don't want to take it for granted. Yeah. So tell me, uh, tell me your position, Maddie. I, I'm, I'm volleyball ignorant other than I know, uh, I know that, uh, you like to spike it on people, but when, when, when you're the outside hitter, that's your position, I believe. Right. Right. So are you the one who's trying to spike it on people's heads? Is that, is that kind of the gist of it? Yes. How I much fun is that? It's really fun and it's challenging at times, but I really like it. Well, as a for a guy who's not, uh, I I would call myself vertically challenged. I don't think I would be able to uh, be in that position to be able to spike it on anyone. But what are what kind of a rush do you get whenever you do uh, get a point that way? Oh, it's amazing! You so because sometimes you're like, I don't know if I can actually get up there and 
but once you put it away and you realize that you made a point, you're, you just feel accomplished and you're like, I'm glad that I could bring another point for my team. Well, Maddie, thank you so much for the time. Best of luck this week. Uh, the Lady Vikes get a couple of victories and uh, that you guys make a, a long run into the postseason. Thank you so much for having me. Coverage of Viking football begins Friday night at 7 p.m. with Brian Johnson and Jeff Waybright and Phil Iman with the West Virginia Telecom countdown to kickoff, followed by the Vikings hosting the Marietta Tigers at 7.30. Hear all the action on C98. Tune in to 98.3 on your FM dial or go to thebull983.com. You can also stream the game brought to you by Mountaintop Media. You can find them on Facebook or you can find them as well on the World Wide Web at www.mtmedia304.com. Also, make sure you stay tuned after the game for the High School Scoreboard Show with Fred Persinger and Dave Jekyllin. They'll have an interview with Ripley's own Matthew Moore II, who was selected as this week's Metro News Scholar-Athlete of the Week. Remember... For all the news on the blue, go anywhere you can find podcasts, search Viking 360, hit the subscribe button, and turn on your notifications.